The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. have reached Strike Point. Webmaster Radio stretches its microphones across the Atlantic to bring you Strike Point. Our expert and informative hosts will attack the search industry from Europe to the Americas and beyond. And now, WebmasterRadio.fm presents Strike Point. <laughs> Welcome to Strike Point. Once again, we are live. It's now October and it feels like summer. It's kind of strange, though. Dave is not with us today. He has been very busy lately. So instead, I have really, really nice replacement in the person of Jason Duke that you probably heard about. If not, you will in this show. So uh, welcome, Jason. Thank you, Mikko. Good to be working with you again. Yes, Jason will be joining me here on uh, StrikePoint in the following Mondays, so uh, we will be talking a lot about the more hardcore sites of SEO, I guess. Um, also, uh, we work in little different areas of, um, of SEO, I could say, and for all of you that don't know much about uh, Jason, maybe you should um, introduce yourself a little bit. Sure, I'd love to. Well, first off, let me say thank you, Mikkel, and uh, everyone at Webmaster Radio for asking me to come on tonight. Uh, uh, I'm sure I'm going to thoroughly enjoy it. Um, what, what can I say about me? I've been working in search and online marketing for <clears throat> nearly 15 years now. Um, you and I are the, some of the old guys that have been around since those dawn of time yep. in our industry. You know, we're, we're showing the great hairs We feel so now. old. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we've been around a long time, Mikkel, you know. It's uh, the grey hairs are getting bigger and the belly, well, my belly yep. at least, is getting larger. Um, it, uh, and uh, I'm, I now started a start-up uh, two and a half, nearly three years ago in the behavioural space online, which I think we may be speaking a bit about the work that we do there in a moment. Um, but before that, I spent many, many years working in the online gaming, gambling marketplace um, uh, uh, was working with party gaming now bwin party the largest online gaming company in the world and got results for them in the seo space including being number one for poker the phrase poker worldwide um so i've been around and seen a fair bit yeah and you um i guess most of the time you've been you've been working a lot in the affiliate space right I've done a lot in the affiliate space, but uh, uh, even more heavily in the operator and merchant area as well. I, I've, I've sat on all sides of the equation, Mikkel. <laughs> yep. Um, anyway, good to have you here. Uh, what we're going to talk about today is, um, as you mentioned, uh, conversion optimization and behavioral targeting as being one of the, I would say, say new frontiers of uh, conversion optimization. Uh, but I would like to talk about conversion optimization a little broader spectrum as well. Um, as Jason mentioned, he have a very, very interesting product on the market right now that I think is well, kind of kind of unique in the space, isn't it? Uh, it might be all that that is kind of similar, but but I think it's. I, I it's believe. Kind of yeah, I believe it's and, unique, uh, but I'm I'm biased, Mikkel. So uh, 
you've got to remember I'm biased for my little baby that we call Zyke. <laughs> yeah, you sure are. But from, um, I'm, I'm not biased. Um, I'm, I'm just yeah. a good friend. <laughs> and you pay me later. <laughs> no, I, I think it, it looks very, very interesting. And not least, which might be very interesting to a lot of you affiliates out there, uh, the pricing model. Uh, because that is definitely different than, than anything else I've seen in that space. You're going to talk a lot about that. We're going to talk about the newest Panda update. I think it's called Panda 2.5. Um, there's been a whole series of adjustments of Panda. Um, we're going to talk a lot about how much that is algorithmic and how much that is editorial. And also discuss a little bit about how much Google is really allowed to do. Oh, how, 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 <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, there was an interesting uh, poll that uh, you just linked me to on um, SEO Roundtable asking, did you get fired or lose your job because of Google Panda? And it turns out from this initial voting that 6% have been fired and 7% are uh, have fired people from <laughs> Panda, and uh, eight, nineteen percent are afraid. They haven't yet been fired, but they are afraid. Uh, so that's kind of like a big portion that have been been touched by this, and uh, it is, of course, because of the Google dominance. So uh, we're going to talk about how that um, um, that uh, reflects on Google, and uh, and if they can really do what they like, and if there is a difference between being an American company and a European, um, because Mikael, am, I, here. <laughs> am I allowed to say that word, antitrust suit? Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> as, as you may remember, um, StrikePoint was the first, I don't know if there's any more webmaster radio shows that have that uh, label of honor, uh, but we were the first one that got it on, on iTunes, the explicit mark. <laughs> so um, exactly. we can talk about anything. And um, it's not uh, regulated under American broadcast rules, so we can even use proper language. <laughs> superb, superb, superb. <laughs> so we'll be talking we about one of those. All right, we'll be talking about the conversion optimization and <laughs> Google, and are they bastards or not? So I suppose is that a fair summary? I think that's a fair summary. And uh, so before we move on with the with the meat of the show, so to speak, I would like to present our sponsors, uh, the ones that are keeping this show live and free for you. So um, please welcome our sponsors and stay with us. We will be back in a couple of minutes. Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break. Only on webmasterradio.fm. From the creators of We Build Pages, experience the power of the Internet Marketing Ninja. An exclusively trained army of nearly 100 in-house ninjas. Mastered in the arts of social media, local marketing, content creation, SEO reporting, and yes, link building. The Internet Marketing Ninjas will release a new version of their legendary tools to the public. Visit the Internet Marketing Ninjas booth at PubCon 2011 Vegas or visit imninjas.com. The ninjas are coming. 
Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. The Cyber Law and Business Report, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. Keep your headphones handy and the feed loaded. We never stop. Do you? Now, back to Strike Point. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Strike Point. Today we're live with uh, Jason Duke, the guest host today and we're going to start out talking about conversion optimization and behavioral targeting as we mentioned just before the break uh, Jason have a very interesting product on the market and I think that might be a good starting point for this uh, discussion uh, so Jason maybe you can introduce what you're doing at Psyche uh, I guess it's uh, Psyche.com right it is it's P-Z-Y-C-H-E.com but that's enough plugs for now um, <laughs> <laughs> Got to get one. But let's talk about um, more general aspects of what you're doing with sure. uh, behavioral targeting. This is very well, interesting. Uh, I, I, I used to work in the world's largest online gaming company, Party Gaming, now known as B-Win Party um, Digital Entertainment. They're listed in the uh, uh, stock exchange, FTSE stock exchange over here in London. And uh, um, it became apparent that if only we could understand those visitors better as a person and not as just some random IP address. If you can understand them better, you can get more out of all of that effort and work that you do to get those prospects uh, uh, to your site. Whether it be SEO, whether it be online TV campaigns, no matter what it be, if you can surely understand them more as a person, unless it's that random IP address, then why can't you treat them as that individual? Mikkel, let, let me ask you. If you go into a shop... Um, and you have to buy some new clothes, a new orange suit. Um, now, I know that you like an orange suit, but you don't wear it every day. But if you go into a clothing retailer, and the salesman or saleswoman there will speak to you, and will chat to you, and they'll look at you and talk to you, and they'll build a picture in their mind, and eventually, with that sort of tailoring and experience, you're going to get a bespoke sales experience, and you're, you're more likely... To, to get exactly what you're looking for, um, and for you, it will be, be, be a colourful suit. But how do you replicate that online when everybody looks the same, so to speak? When I say looks the same, come from an IP address, okay, we can do the geolocation. So I know you're from Denmark and I'm from, I'm from the UK, so we might show some different content in different language, and it would be in Danish for you and in English for me. But that's just one part. That's just how we. That's what we speak, not how we speak. And so, what Psyche yeah. tried to do was to go look. 
Tr let's try and understand these people. Let's try and understand these visitors at, uh, uh, um, as individuals. And so went off and I left party gaming and I started working on algorithms and geeky stuff like that. And I, 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 I was trying to push it to a point of we know that this individual is really interested in, in something. And we couldn't get there, I'll be honest with you. And then I, I, I realized, I go, Jason, you're trying to get to 100% to absolute knowing. And well, uh, um, the problem was that I couldn't get there. But then I realized, you know what? I've got to 90% sometimes and 85% other times for different sorts of questions. This is marketing. We've moved a position from not knowing anything to a position of great knowledge. We may not know it yeah. for certain, but we, it's a propensity-based algorithm. What that means is, is it likely that this visitor is interested in product X or product Y? And uh, what, what, what I mean by that is if you're a retailer, or let's say you're an affiliate, let's say you're an affiliate, and you're, you're doing a price comparison website, if someone comes to your site and they search for a product or in, land on an internal page from Google, long-tail term for, say, a product, and you've got th the third product available, you do a price comparison for all the retailers out there, but three retailers, they're all exactly the same. Let's presume it's 9 bucks 99 How do you know which merchant out of those three should you promote heaviest? You're going to go for the lowest cost product, of course. But you've got Merchant A, Merchant B, and Merchant C, they're all at $9.99. Now, if you're a good affiliate, you'll be looking at the average conversion ratios that you get through a click to push things up. And that's the merchant you're really going to promote. If you're an average affiliate, you're going to go, which one pays me the biggest percentage commission? And that's the one you promote. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, actually, what the right way I've now learned is, hey, what if your visitor is already likely to have an account and, be, and like shopping with one of those merchants? Now, if that's the case, mm. you've reduced the conversion path for them because they haven't got to go through all of that sign-up grief and hassle and pain and time. And if that's the merchant you promote, they're going to get the best offer still, but it's the easiest transaction for them. And what's most important is in the conversion path is reducing the barriers that are in someone's way. Well, we did that exact same thing with, with a client of ours. And we saw massive, massive uplift. I'll, I'll tell you some real numbers here. It was an affiliate website. They were doing price comparisons for a product. And we were measuring a conversion from their site off to the affiliate site, off the merchant site, as to does someone do a search and perform a click off to the, to, to the merchant site. And we were recording that. And we saw a 65% uplift in clicks. Now, we were blown away by that, absolutely blown away. Yeah. But within about yeah. <laughs> five, six weeks, we got, all to, we got together with all the different affiliate programs that are all over the world. You know what it's like with affiliate tracking. It's never one system. It's everybody uses something different. And we did the numbers and quickly worked out, hold on, we were blown away by the 65% uplift. But look at the cash terms. We'd increased earnings by 307%. Just for the record, Mikhil, yeah. I did not say that. That was not a mistake. It was 307% uplift in bottom line money. Now, that is uh, what happens. That is amazing. <laughs> and that's what happens when you understand your visitor and deliver more of what they're likely to actually want. Now, but now, and I think I, I saw I saw you the you described this case uh, on your on your website as well. I think this case is on your website, right? Uh, and I, I think what what's important to say is also that 
this website didn't come from a very, very low conversion. I mean, if you come from a 0.1 conversion, increasing it 300% might be easy, but but as I remember, this website was actually having a really good conversion to begin it with. So, exactly. So, so, <laughs> Mikko, you, you're exactly right there. One of the concerns we had um, was when, when we were approached by this website owner, was we looked at their conversion stats. Remember, when I use the term conversion here, it's an affiliate site, so I was measuring a conversion on the site uh, as when someone undertakes a search for a product and then clicks one of the affiliate links to go off and buy the product. They had rules as well in case, and the, uh, the rules were, doesn't matter whether there's an affiliate program, they are a price comparison site and always wanted to show the lowest price product. But, as is common, multiple merchants would sometimes have the same price. And the conversion rate they had, because the traffic was so targeted and so good, and it was new in this particular genre of industry that they were operating in, they had a conversion rate of 30%, 30-something, I can't remember the exact numbers. And we were, oh my God, how can we increase on such a high conversion rate? Because yeah, I, don't exactly. you, yeah, I don't know about you, Mikkel, but if I had a conversion rate of 30% of my business in everything that I did, that's really unheard of. They had a great business model to start with and the customers obviously and the visitors yeah. loved it so that was what we were, we were blown away by and getting that 65% uplift but actually more than 300% 307% uplift in actual cash terms it really did blow things away and so that's some of the yeah, and, and, go on Michael yeah exactly and I mean that 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 would you know to me uh, really prove that that this uh, this thing uh, this works, but I mean it's it's very obvious because, I mean the the challenge to begin with, um, with the web is that it's um, it's so anonymous. And I mean as you explained to begin with, if you, if you walk into a store and you have good um, service people in the store, they understand the psyche of of customers. They understand how to recognize them if they've been in there before. Uh, if if it's a, if it's a local store, they may know your habits and you know what kind of food to closing you like and and yeah, they can exactly. recommend based on this and you know a good a good uh, sales assistant know all this by heart. They don't even have to think about it. Uh, but on the web we have we don't have that knowledge. We don't have human brains. <laughs> we only we only we only have uh, more or less anonymous uh, visitors and we have uh, certain numbers that we can pull, certain information we can pull but up until this point, no one have really processed it uh, probably. Or I, I shouldn't say no one because, you know, certain some websites have like Amazon.com had done a lot of work in, in, in this space for years, but they develop their own technologies. They spend millions and millions on doing this. And this is just something that have not been available to the average Joe, the, the, the small affiliate or a small commerce site uh, or anything. Uh, it's, it's just been too expensive to, to do. So, so still, you know, it, most I think still the average conversion rate on on e-commerce sites today is is around two percent, maybe two or three percent. One, one and a half. That. Yeah, an average. Is, is that low now? Okay. Yeah, an average, a very good site. If they're doing two to three percent, they're very good on a retail site. An yeah. average would be between one, one and a half percent. To define what a conversion would be, that would be visitor through to actually purchasing something to transaction. Yeah. Um, now you, you were saying about. But the, if you the, compare that to, uh, if, yeah, go on. I was going to say if, if one of the things you're saying about Amazon there, 
they're brilliant at understanding you because Amazon are so dominant and so great at doing retail. Forget about their history and their roots being just books. They do everything now, whether it be directly or indirectly via their partners and merchants that use their Amazon platform. But you know what? When you go to Amazon and they show you those products recommended for you, don't they know you well? They know me really well. But don't they know you well, Mikkel? They know that because everything that we do and see on their overall sites, and you know, uh, uh, they understand that. You know who else is really good at understanding you as a person? It's that famous search engine, Google. Because everywhere that oh, yeah. we go, whether it be to search, whether it be potentially for payments, whether it be for analytics they see on a website or your adverts that you click, they're everywhere. And they build a picture up of you by seeing everything that you do uh, uh, and everywhere that you do it. So they learn about what you are as a person. And what I try to do with Zyke and my team, thankfully, is, look, we don't have that coverage like Google have got. We're never going to have it. But what if we could understand the likelihood of you wanting to be person A or person, person B? And it's trying to understand yeah. and get you close to that level that uh, uh, yeah. helps, helps get that Amazon-style experience. Because, and actually, one of the things I like about Psyche, and it's about behavioral technology in general, forget Psyche for a moment, is when you understand your visitors and give them what they want, because let's be honest, it's about giving them what they want. So they've come to your site for a reason. If you give them what they're looking for, you're delivering them a great experience, which for an SEO perspective, that's exactly what Google say you should be doing. Yeah. Give people what exactly. they really want. The people are the true metric of whether something's good. There were, you know, back in the day, Mikkel, do you remember when we were working back on the SEO, back in the good old days? And I'm only going oh, yeah. back five, six years. <laughs> and all we had to do was put a few, a few more links in. Sometimes a few was a lot. Sometimes a few was just a sprinkling, like seasoning on your dinner. It may be some salt and some pepper. And sometimes it's the right style of link. Now, I'm not saying Google's moved away from a link-based algorithm, but it's definitely aiming to move to a more people-based algorithm, whether that be through Google+, Android, and everything else that goes on. And we can't shut the stable door. So I believe that actually understanding people better it's not only the way you need to go to make your good business great because you're taking all of those visitors that are coming to you anyway and delivering to them into the easiest experience you can exactly what they're looking for, which makes the customer happy. The visitor becomes a prospect and a prospect becomes a customer and they leave with a smile on their face. As a business owner, you're happy because you sold another product. And Google's happy too because, hey, we saw this transaction go on, and we know that's what that visitor wanted. And so, do you think it would do any harm in the search engine algorithm as well? No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, of course, uh, there are some concerns that that some people may have in 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 terms of serving um, variations of content uh, to different users, and uh, in in you know, in terms of. Um, you're still going to have some default users. And, and for instance, Google crawlers are going to be, or search engine crawlers are going to be a default user. And um, what, what happens uh, when, when, uh, when you serve variations of content to crawlers that may be a little bit different or maybe a lot different from what you serve to the users that click through from search engines? Because, I mean, as you, I mean, both, both you and I have, have worked in, 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 in uh, cloaking, which is like a, 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 a very extreme form of 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 
changing content based on on, on sure. users. And, and and of course we all know the 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 risk of doing that. Uh, if Google finds out about it, either algorithmically, which they usually don't, <laughs> but rather uh, editorially, they kick you out of the index basically. And I yep. also seen I also seen in in recent years a lot of examples of of companies that have done small changes that was not I would not classify as cloaking. I would classify as personalization uh, because the intent was not to deceive anyone, but the intent, uh, intent was rather to improve user experience. And I've seen some of these sites get get uh, penalized for, for doing these kind of things. Now, on the other hand, Google have, as most of you guys out there probably know, have their own uh, uh, system where you can make changes website optimizer exactly which essentially are doing the same i mean the the only difference between cloaking and personalization is intent and yeah. intent Mikko, is me, really difficult so so Mikko, i mean me, i i think some, that some listeners might be a little worried about that side of it what what do you what is your experience on on the on on those differences and how do you secure yourself from not being uh, penalized and 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 you know uh, stay uh, within Mikko, uh, the limits Mikkel, it's a great, great question, and I'm going to answer it as best as I can. First off, it, it, it is a very good question, it, and it, for me, it is all about intentions. Why are you doing something? If we put aside the algorithm for a moment, although the algorithm within Google and other search engines, but Google's the daddy, and who cares at the moment about the others? It's only Google yeah. that really matters. Um, the intention behind there is, look, guys, if you're, don't, sh back in the old days, you could sh throw up content with loads of words in there and show completely different content to a visitor. So that was where Google said they didn't like cloaking. But if you take a subtleties within there, as long as you keep the general theme of that page the same and right and proper as you show to a search engine, as you show to a visitor, I believe it's about personalizing the experience. It's not about cloaking. Zyke in any other tool, Google Website Optimizer, Maximizer is a multivariate tool, a very well-known, even Adobe's Omniture, huge product. There's thousands of them out there. There's many more as well. They all allow you to adapt the content that's shown on the page for a visitor, whether it be for A-B testing or other multivariate to Gucci style testing, etc. But what's important is what you change. If you change the wholesale theme and content of a page, that's arguably cloaking. If you're subtle and make it relevant to that individual, it's about enhancing the experience. It's a very, very similar argument you can say about, is a car a lethal weapon? Generally, it isn't, but you could still use it to run someone over. So it's about the intent and how you aim to use it. Let me give you an example of something, actually. As I said earlier, I'm, I used to be heavily involved in the online gaming industry, the online gambling industry. Let's call it what it is. And uh, I was seeing a client in Gibraltar, which is uh, um, the southern uh, peninsula of Europe, just as it gets towards Africa. And it's a hub for a lot of online gambling companies. And as I was sitting there, this was earlier in the year actually, it was just before Cheltenham Gold Cup week. Now for anyone who, who doesn't understand much about horse racing, that's probably the biggest week within horse racing calendar anywhere in the world. It's a massive event. And this sports book, where it's perfectly legal, remember, I know it's not illegal in the US, but it's perfectly legal product there. I was sitting down on their homepage, they've got a big banner there that says bet on Cheltenham or something equivalent. 
This is actually a good time to go for a break. I'm sorry that we, uh, for technical reasons, I think uh, Jason dropped out of the stream. So um, we're going to drop some uh, sponsors here. So um, if you stay with us for a couple of minutes, uh, we will be back. So please welcome our sponsors. Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break. Only on webmasterradio.fm. <laughs> Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. From the creators of We Build Pages, experience the power of the Internet Marketing Ninja. An exclusively trained army of nearly 100 in-house ninjas. Mastered in the arts of social media, local marketing, content creation, SEO reporting, and yes, link building. The Internet Marketing Ninjas will release a new version of their legendary tools to the public. Visit the Internet Marketing Ninjas booth at PubCon 2011 Vegas or visit imninjas.com. The ninjas are coming. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101. Catch us Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. You have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. Webmasterradio.fm. Because not everyone's last name is Gates. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Now, back to Strike Point. Only on Webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Strike Point, and sorry for the dropout there. Um, <laughs> I don't know if uh, it was like someone suggested in the chat room that uh, the authorities may be on to Jason. It could very well be so. <laughs> well, I, but I don't think that's the. I don't think that's the case, Nicole. <laughs> I, you want to know what I think's actually happened? Is I was getting so into the conversation that I was walking up and down past my desk, and I think I trod on an Ethernet cable. So I'm so oh. sorry, everybody. <laughs> it was an old school <laughs> cock up. <laughs> oh, I think it was I think I, I think I broke cable. Yeah, yeah. I think I broke the cable by treading on it as I was walking up and down. I do apologise, but I don't know where we got to or what happened or what because I carried on speaking, Mikkel, and then I looked down yeah. at the computer and there was nobody there, and I thought, where's everybody gone? <laughs> but it was me that had disappeared, not everybody else. <laughs> anyway, I think we was in the we were in the middle of uh, talking about the difference between cloaking and personalization and where to line and where to be 
I mean, for a lot of because a lot of websites that could potentially use the behavioral targeting uh, software yeah, or like, or any kind of uh, of uh, user targeting software are, are, are legitimized branding shops uh, exactly. that cannot afford to be be booted from 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 Google. It's a different well, thing if you run multiple affiliate sites, of course, and you probably. But no, you see, I, I, I slightly disagree with you here, Mikkel. This is entirely right if you're a big merchant. It's entirely right if you're an affiliate. The difference being is that a big merchant you've got to the only guys that have got technology like this are the likes of amazon the mega conglomerates who work online the affiliates don't have the ability to do something like this they don't have the technology and don't have the coverage what psyche does and i know i keep going about psyche but it's behavioral technology in general what the behavioral technology does is allow you to have more information about the individual before i got cut off and i don't know where i got to i was saying something about a visit to one of my clients in gibraltar an online sports operator very very well known but i'm not going to mention their name and they had in cheltenham week which is the world's biggest horse racing event they had if you go to their homepage, no matter what route you go down was a big promotion for cheltenham gold cup horse racing event but at the same time was a very english pastime of cricket the world cup was happening and it, uh, um, and i prefer cricket and whilst if i were to turn up to that site and they're pushing horse racing to me. But the truth is, I want to bet on a different product of theirs to do with cricket. Why aren't they showing me cricket-related information rather than horse racing? It's still relevant. It's totally in line to what that business does. So that goes back to the cloaking aspect. If it's still related but personalised, that's fair, right and proper to do. It's exactly what I believe search engines want you to do to deliver the experience that's right for your visitor. Whereas... Yeah. What, what, I, what I also experienced in, 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 in the difference is that uh, what, what, I, what I practice a lot with clients is to actually not so much uh, disguise things, but rather prioritize it. So let's say that you have product A, B, and C or offering A, B, and C. And, and you know, let, I had a client in Denmark, which is a good case. They were, were um, they were promoting things on both sides of Denmark. You have like the west side and the east side. And there were some promotions that were only relevant to the east side, and some promotion only relevant to the west side. So by IP, they could uh, uh, they could identify which one was from east and west. Very easy. So instead of of, of totally transforming the web page so it was different for west side and different from east side, what they did is prioritized. Uh, the promotions that were relevant for each group so that both promotions were still on the page but they had different uh, 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 um, uh, uh, prominence on the page so yes. you got the most relevant uh, promotion for you high on the page most prominent uh, unfolded and the other one was in, in like in the in the corner of the page or something unfolded or something or folded so that you can you could you could still find it if 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 also we wanted to do that because the ip targeting is not perfect so sometimes people yep. from the West was actually identified as people from the East. So they should still be able to, to see that promotion that were not relevant for them. Also because it was not a secret that was there. I mean, it's not a secret to you that there is horse gambling. It's just not relevant for you because you, you like other kind of bets better. But, but if for some obscure reason you want to bet on horses, you should still be able to, to get to it. So, so to me, also the difference between cloaking and personalization is not to hide things, but to just uh, highlight it and to emphasize what you think is most relevant for the particular user that you're targeting. 
I agree completely, Michael. That's exactly right. It's about delivering more of what is likely to be right for that person. It's not about changing the whole experience for them because if it's that bad, the experience is going to be really bad for everybody. Another way of saying conversion optimization is the standard practice at the moment, if you do everything completely correct, is you're trying to deliver the best experience possible for all of your visitors. But another way of wording that is to deliver the least worst experience for all of your visitors. <laughs> I, it's the same thing. But I believe let's try and deliver the best experience for all of your visitors collectively and individually. So let's look at both of those metrics. Let's look at the group as a whole, but also at that person as the individual that they are. We've become too much about uh, uh, stats, 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 and forgot that when a visitor visits our, visits our site, they're a real person, Mikkel. Why don't we treat them like a real person? You spend all that time and effort yep. and quite often money via pay-per-click and other routes. Stop thinking about them as a damn number. You're running a business. You want to deliver the best you can. Whether it's an affiliate or a merchant, it doesn't matter. Very few businesses I was, I was, um, When I first saw you, uh, your product, when it came out, I was very uh, interested in it, of course, because it, it, it's, it looked very exciting. And, and it reminded me of a story, and this is a short story. I'm going to tell it. Um, it was when the first time I... Um, I opened an account with Amazon UK. So I had an account way, way, way before on, on, on Amazon US and I found out what's better to do it in UK, save on the postings and the, and, 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 and the VAT and all that stuff. Anyway, so I opened an account there. It was on a new computer, on a new IP that I never used before, a new credit card. I opened the account and I logged in and the first screen I see is uh, Amazon uh, Welcome Miggle. Uh, we have uh, three products for you that we think might be relevant. And I was shocked because the three products was first, it was a book that my good friend Sherry Thoreau just recommended to me on the phone a week ago. And it was not a very well-known book. Um, and the other one was a, a, a CD that another friend of me recommended me a couple of weeks ago when he was home with me, visiting me physically. <laughs> so it was not an email. It was not electronically. And the third product, I forgot what that was, but there was so much on target. It was all product that I was very likely to buy. And I was like, I was looking for a hidden camera in my room. <laughs> I was like, how on earth do Amazon do things like that? And I was, but, I was but so Mikkel, <laughs> Mikkel, let me ask you this. Isn't that exactly right? And isn't that, if you go to an offline store, a good old fashioned bookshop, and you were speaking to the guy behind the counter, you'd have a conversation with him, and he'd actually recommend the book to you, and it'd be right for you. Amazon were doing the same. Now, yep. the behavioral technology that's out there, so I concluded, that's what we aim to do. Now, Mike, Phyllis Schwartz in the chat room, he's asked a question. He said, look, what, isn't this the same or very similar about looking at a search query that's coming to your page and tailoring the experience? I completely agree. It's something that most businesses don't do, but they should. If someone comes to you and has searched for green widget with yellow dots, don't show them a product that's about a red widget. They've told you what they're looking for. What Zyke and other behavioral technologies are all about is taking that as one of the data points and incorporating lots of others to say, hey, we're more likely that this guy is interested in a green or a blue widget. Now, do you remember, Mikkel, 
as I said that, a green and a blue widget. Back in the day, everyone, whenever we were talking about industries that people operate in, we always used to say a generic term of widgets. We don't hear that very much anymore, do we, Mikkel? No. No, but uh, there we are. There we are. So, what, what, for me, it's not about using it in an abusive manner. It's about using it to enhance the business that you're building for your visitors to deliver. What, because if you deliver what they're looking for, they're going to be happy. That's going to make Google happy as well because they'll record it in their way. The, the, yeah. Their visitor's going to be happy. You're going to make another sale, so you're happy. And everybody wins along the equation. It's about understanding that person as a damn person. And our technology overall in our industry has become too, too bad. And we've been building in automated ways. And in fact, let me just say, Mikkel, Panda has been an update, hasn't there? 2.5. How much of that is about the technology trying to build for the masses and automated generated crap rather than people forgetting about the individuals and the quality to deliver the experience that's right for the people. What do you think about Panda as an update? Very much so, but there's just one, one before we move on to Panda, there's one question that, that, that I, you know, I'm, I, I like technologies and I like to understand technologies that I'm working with. And one thing that stroked me the first time when, and that was why I brought up the story with, with, with Amazon, because I never really worked out how, how they did it exactly. And, and probably only, only Amazon knows that. But I was thinking, of course, Everything we just talked about, how to target users, how much can you tell us about um, the kind of, of, of data and, and metric that goes behind the, the, the behavioral targeting that you're doing at Psyche? Because that was one of the first things I said, well, I, I listened to the case stories you have uh, on your website and all that. And I was like, this is totally right. This is totally right to do. But what are the data he's using? What, what, how can you... How can you know that Jason likes uh, this type of bidding more than this type of bidding? How can you know that Jason already have an account with this company and not with this company? Uh, how can you know all these things we just talked about? Because to know that, uh, and, and I mean, you don't, as you said, you don't need to know it perfectly. If you can know it 50% of the times, it's better than not knowing anything. If you can know it even 10% of the times, it's better than not knowing anything. But yeah. you'd still need some data and you still need to process that data and you need to process it rather fast because you don't want to delay uh, the visitor experience on your site. But, but what kind of data points and how do you process this data so that it doesn't delay anything? Well, let, let, let me answer that as best I can. But I can see we're coming up for an ad break, so we may come back to it. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, first off, let me say, unlike Google, unlike Amazon, who have got that huge coverage, both those guys, Yahoo in the old days, all those big guys, they know what you do on the web because they see everything that you do. What we've built is what I call a propensity intelligence algorithm. It's a geeky name that just say, what's the likelihood of this? We don't actually know anything. We have defined data points. We know the referrer. We know the IP address. Of course, we do. They're standard things. We know if someone's using Chrome on a Mac or Windows 98 with Internet Explorer. And those tell us something. But where we learned about all of this was through mining terabytes, petabytes, actually, of data. And, okay. and, and, and we mined it and looked for patterns within there. And it became effectively a neural network that looks for relationships within there. And, and, and we looked to see what different areas are. Can you reveal any light on uh, on on what uh, what those data sources are? Is it, is it your own proprietary uh, data it's all, collection? It's all, 
it's it's all proprietary. It's all proprietary. Okay. I will I will go into more detail. I don't know if today's the day to do that, but I will oh, go into we... more detail and explain. But but maybe not today, Mikkel. The bottom line is that it is proprietary data, which is why I'll be honest with you. I, I, I was working with a huge company. I was very well paid. Not as well as I would have liked to have been, but I was very well paid. <laughs> um, and, there's, and there's a reason I gave that up, to start a startup. As you know, Mikko, I'm a family man. I've got two kids. I'm happily married. Yep. I've got a dog, so on and so forth. Those, those things cost. And the security of having a good, secure job and giving that up to start in a startup environment, it, it's a big, big question. Do you go for it? Well, the reason I went for it is because I know I can make a difference to every web damn business out there. And you know what? I can earn a few bucks along the way by helping them out. Hopefully a little more than that. But having said that, uh, it's time for a break now. Uh, so please welcome our sponsors. We will be back in a minute, so stay with us. Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. November 16th, 2004. The beginning of WebmasterRadio.fm and its immediate impact on the internet business world. AdTech. AFCON. Search Engine Strategies. Conversion Conference. Search Bash. Affiliate Bash. We bring you the most extensive and detailed trade show coverage, coast to coast and worldwide. Trade show coverage delivered your way. Download it on demand now on webmasterradio.fm. Webmasterradio.fm, keeping you out of rush hour traffic. Now, back to Strike Point, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to StrikePoint, the final segment of the live show today. I have Jason D with me and we've been talking a whole lot about conversion optimization and Jason's great product, Psyche.com. Or Psyche is just called, but you can find it on Psyche.com. Um, anyway, I think that we promised to talk a little bit about Pandas. So we only have 10 minutes left of the show. So uh, I think we should probably move into that. I'm sure that we're going to come back to uh, behavioral targeting a lot more in the coming weeks. 
Jason will be back in next uh, week and the coming Mondays, uh, hopefully. Uh, so we will get a chance to talk more about uh, some details about that. Also, Jason just said in the chat room that there will be uh, demos available in what was it next week or the next weeks. Um, and if you mention sure. um, Webmaster Radio, you will get a priority. So um, please do that and um, and check it out for yourself. And you can also go to the website to see all the details there. Um, anyway, um, Panda just had an update. I think it was on uh, September 28th. Um, and it's so far labeled uh, Panda Update 2.5. There have been a couple of updates since the original uh, Panda Update. And uh, do you want to introduce that a little bit? Um, what have you seen with that? I think, what do you think, Mikhail? Do you think that Google's out there and they're manually taking away the bad stuff and manually promoting the good stuff? And if they are doing that, why do they keep putting their stuff at the top? Because you know who the biggest winner from all of the studies done by Search Metrics was? The biggest winner out of the latest update, the so-called Panda 2.5, the biggest winner was YouTube. Now, who owns YouTube? Funny enough. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of strange, isn't it? It must be because YouTube is just doing it so great. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, do think, I, I do think that as usual with Google, and this is something that I discussed with Google engineers uh, for years, and they never, they, never, they, never, they never agreed to it in public, at least. Uh, with most updates in Google over the, over the years, especially the big updates and, and big hammering down on, on certain things. It's always been a mix of, of algorithms and editorial. Uh, what most people don't understand is that, that Google have a rather big editorial staff and they do actually look a lot of web, on, on, on a lot of websites and they do have editorial staff in almost any language. They have a small group of people in Ireland that are Danish, that understand Danish language and understand the Danish web space and they have Swedish people, they have Polish people. I was actually together with one of the Polish editors in, in, in Poland recently, very nice guy. Um, and they look at websites and they, they, they do editorial judgments on these websites. But Google is an algorithmic company. They, they are based on technology and they do, I, I, think, I think honestly, they wish they could do everything algorithmically. And unlike, Mikhail, could, let me, but I don't think that there. they always do it. <laughs> and I think it's the same thing. And I said it from the beginning with Panda. That just there's just been so many weird things with the Panda update that just doesn't fit an algorithm. That that I'm I'm so sure that that some of it also has to do with with editorial editing. Mikhail, let me say something there because I think you and I might slightly disagree here. I believe an algorithm and, and, and a pure definition of an algorithm is a process that you follow. Now, historically, Google have always, uh, uh, you've taken when Google say an algorithm, it means it's computational. But then they changed their view, at least I remember once Matt Cutts saying, algorithmic does not necessarily mean computational. It's just a process flow. Now, process yeah. could be, it could be, that people are undertaking that work as well. Now, whether it is or it isn't, it doesn't matter. Okay, if but then it's, 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 it's a question of definition because when, when I say algorithmic, I, I mean computational. I, I mean, it's, 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 it's something that, that your computers are automatically doing for you. But if you, if you expand that, the term algorithmic into something that could include manual uh, uh, inputs or manual editing, 
then yeah, then it's all algorithmic. But I, I you know, for, 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 for the for the case of the argument, I like to to distinguish between what is purely automated. So let's say automated rather than 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 manually uh, uh, based because Google have always been promoting the idea that everything is something done by computers. We, we make these perfect programs that can automatically traverse the web and, and prioritize everything. And, and I don't think that's the case. Uh, versus Yahoo, that came out of an editorial tradition. They came out of the, the directory yes. tradition. So they always been 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 more honest with, with the fact that they, they always did more. Of course, now they don't do anything. But <laughs> they always been more <laughs> honest about the fact that they, they, they did manual editorial work and on top of that they had uh, computers to help them <laughs> where google yeah, was yeah. kind of the opposite uh, way to it but i think you and i agree that there is a great degree of human interaction let's just call that to the to the automation of of the algorithms but whether that there's two ways to look at the human interaction first off we both agree that there is now whether you like it or not we have to accept it i believe that on google's websites and their properties they can do what the hell they like, the same as on my website, I can do what I like. It's my website. You need to cons the differences that between well, you well, and I try, is... Try, well, try and put chai porn on your website and see if you can do what you like. Well, I, I, in theory, I can do on my website what I like. Although, the law should be the definer of what's right or wrong. The issues that Google have got now is that the law is starting to take an interest in what they do. How long yeah. before we see an anti another antitrust issue with Google? Google is the new Microsoft. And Microsoft is the new IBM. Um, so on and so forth. It won't be long before Apple are in there as well, potentially. But, but, but for me, at the moment, Google are the king online. Now, if they're the king, you've got two choices. You can fight against that king and wait until a new king comes along or try to work with them. But if you're going to work against them, then that's a long-term play. You can, but I feel that you've got to work with them. You've got to work to what that algo is, whether that algorithm is purely computational or people involved. And when it's people involved, the thing you've got to understand is that the people, it could be both the whole user experience, that what people see on the web, because as we said earlier, Google see everything, whether it be via the toolbar, whether it be via the browser, whether it be by the phone operating system, whether it be because Google Analytics, Google Webmasters, your searches, or anything, everything. But as well as that, you've got the search quality guys and girls. Yeah. People that fall under Matt Cutts, team and various other departments. Brian White in uh, Dublin, who looks after Europe, etc., etc., etc. You need to look at what, what could they be looking for. Now, they're going to ask the same questions as we were saying earlier, you know, Mikkel. They're going to be going, look, we've detected, if there's a manual check... They're going to be going, are they doing this for reasons of abuse or are they doing it that their heart is in the right place and they're trying to deliver a better experience? Now, if you look at Panda, so many of those sites that got hit, every single version of Panda, the sites have got hit, you could identify by looking as a person and going and ask yourself that question. Did they really build that page or that whole site even sometimes for the search engine traffic, or is it truly to deliver the best experience yeah. possible for that visitor? You know, yeah. it's very hard to define, but that's why Google is so good. They've got a million or you know more, probably, staff who are ultra-talented, and they've been able to define algorithmically, whether that be via people or whether that be via the code, 
they've been able to, to tell which of the good sites, which of the bad guys. And it becomes an arms race, Mikkel. All those yeah. years ago. And, and, I do think, and I do think one, one thing that, that, that could, uh, um, could uh, make you think that there's a human interaction where there may not be human interaction is, uh, as one of the questions came up in the chat room earlier on, uh, to what degree social uh, play in, in algorithms. And I, and, I, and I honestly think, and I, I think I've seen good proof of it, that, that, that social plays such a big role. Now, I wouldn't say that links doesn't count anymore, but I think you and I agree that, that links definitely doesn't count as much as it used to do. Uh, if you look at it relatively, of, of course, uh, I mean, you should still have great links, of course, but yes. a lot of the sites that I've seen lose uh, rankings over the past uh, month, have been sites that may have had good linkage, but they had no presence in social and nobody was really mentioning them. And and a lot of people have been talking about, oh, but now Google have twisting the, the algorithms to favor big brands. No, what I think they've done is they look more at social and big brands are being mentioned more at social naturally. So even if the big exactly. brands don't do even if the, the big brands don't do social marketing, they're just I mean, people talk about Nike. You know, people talk about Coca-Cola in, in, in social media. So they're naturally mentioned so much and referenced so much. But if you're a small company, if you're a small brand or small website, people are not naturally talking about you in social media. So so you need to push for that just the same way that we pushed for links over the past years because we didn't naturally get links the same way that the big brands did because everybody's talking about them and newspapers are linking to them and so on. So so that's definitely what, what, I, what I experienced with, with a lot of these sites that, that they lose rankings and then they're like, oh, what happened? We didn't see anything. We didn't change anything. You know, why are we being punished? And the thing is, they just didn't move on. <laughs> Mikhail, I agree completely. The algos change. People still work. If you're doing SEO and you don't keep up with what the changes are and you do what was best practice five weeks ago, then you're probably out of date. And if you're out of date, then there's going to be repercussions. And those repercussions could be a loss of ranking, loss of traffic, so on and so forth. The businesses that have done well out of these updates, even if it is done by people, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But what the businesses have done is, when you talk about going to look at a video online, you YouTube it. It's about yeah. verbs. When you go to search online, who does a Bing? You do a Google. You don't do a Yahoo, you do a Google. When you do lots of these things, you look at the winners and you look at it and you go, you know what, you, you naturally, <coughs> excuse me, you think about these guys as being the leaders. When you look at the losers of the algorithm, when you look at the pages they've got, it jumps out at you. And it, it's very similar to porn. I'm not saying, what I mean by that is, the difference between porn and erotic arts is very hard to put exactly what the difference <laughs> is. But but you know it when you see it, Mikkel. It's it's a you know there's a there's a good uh, saying in them and the difference between erotic and, and porn is that that erotic is like when you when you when you tease your your loved one with a with a feather, and porn is like when you take the whole chicken and rub it in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I think I think we always always see the time and and, and the scope of the show today. <laughs> and I think we got the message through. Uh, anyway. Uh, hope you had a great show out there, guys. You can, of course, download the web, uh, download the, the show from uh, Webmaster Radio or iTunes podcast there. Uh, so hope to see you all next week. And Jason will, will hope to be back. So um, see you in a week. Thank you. And thank you, Jason. <laughs>